0: We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. It is Wednesday. Hopefully your day is going well. We're midweek hump day, as they say, and plenty of activity happening out there. Every day, it seems like something comes up that is the lead story, and we need to talk about it. You know that Donald Trump's people want the DOJ to get a special master to look into this affidavit and this whole search for all these documents in Donald Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. Well, the DOJ last night responded to that request, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit, so just stick with me here. I'm guessing there's a lot of people out there that thought, well, he's not doing a show today. Or maybe he'll have a pre-recorded show. I mean more pre-recorded than this one is. Uh but that's not the case. I know a lot of people came to me about the surgery I had yesterday, and uh, I always told folks I wasn't very worried about it. I'd already been through the same kind of surgery. It's cataract surgery it was in my left eye. Some time back, I had cataract surgery in my right eye, so I knew kind of what to expect. I went to a doctor who's pretty well respected around here and around the country. He did both eyes on my wife, so i wasn't I wasn't really concerned about it at all. It's not painful. You know, it's a little inconvenient, but it's something that needed to be done. I mean, I had an eye. My left eye, I couldn't see jack shit about it. I couldn't see anything. So that was troubling. And to have this surgery done was a great relief to me. I can see out of the eye now, which is awesome. It's still a little blurry in spots, but it'll be fine. And I did something uh, when when I had them do the surgery that, some of the people at the clinic were kind of wary about. Now, three, four, five years ago, I had the cataract surgery on my right eye. I'd always been nearsighted, so when they put the lens in, this allowed me to see in the distance, read signs on the road and all that kind of stuff without glasses. I can see quite a distance with that eye. Now, in the left eye, I said, what I want you to do is be able to make the lens so I can read up close so I don't have to have cheater glasses on when I read a newspaper or whatever the hell I read. And they looked at me and they said, yeah, you probably don't want to do that. I said, why not? She said, well, that's kind of a monofocal thing, whatever that means. And most people can't adjust to that. You know, like 10 or 15% of the people can't, but most people can't. And I said, I'm not worried about that. Because when I had the first lens put in, it allowed me to see in the distance. My left eye, I couldn't see in the distance because that was my normal sight. But I could read up close. So for four or five years, I've had this monofocal thing going on. I could see in a distance in one eye, see up close in the left eye. So I'm not worried about it. I've already adjusted to it. Just do what I tell you. So they did. And that should be good. The, the surgery, no big deal. Uh, well, I mean, it's a big deal anytime somebody cuts or lasers your eye. But it was going to be quick, and it was. And it was pretty much like I expected. It's weird if you've never had laser surgery or cataract surgery. Uh, there's a lot of prep for it and drops and shit like that you got to take. But once you get in there, here's what they do. They put you in there. They check you out, check your blood pressure pressure, uh, check your glucose, all that shit, and they put you in this chair, and then the chair leans way back. They put the IV in, which is the uh, sedative, the anesthesia, if you will, and I'm sitting there with the anesthesia, and I'm going, this shit's not working, just not working. I don't want this guy cutting out my eye when the anesthesia's not working. And then all of a sudden, I felt them getting kind of rough with my left eye as far as opening it up and doing whatever they do to hold it open. And I'm going, oh, shit, here we go. I'm not under yet, and they're already going for the eye. And then, boom, I don't remember anything until I woke up. And then when I woke up, I was a little woozy from the anesthetic, but there was no pain, nothing like that. I'm fine. I got a lot of people saying, how'd you do with surgery? Not a problem. Everything was cool. Had no difficulties at all. So, here I am, doing a podcast, just like we always do. Except now, I can see out of both fucking eyes. So that's good. I'd be able to read up close better without the glasses, but it's still a blur, blurry because of the, uh, the surgery. But that should... Um, that should be better. i got to go see the doctor today, make sure everything took, and now i got to take drops for six weeks or whatever the fuck. But I'll do what i got to do so I can see out of my left eye. I'm 62. How much longer do i got to see out of that eye? Hopefully 20 years, but who the fuck knows. But while I'm alive, I'm going to be looking out of that eye, and I'm glad of it. All right. As we start the podcast, of course, we have some emails to address. We've got a few of those, so let's do that. First one comes from Gordy. Good morning, Mike. This is the last time I wrote. I was asking about the fact that nothing had been done about the documents. Diaper Donnie stole. Then, bam, the next day or so, the search warrant took place. It's been entertaining to see all the bullshit coming out from the losers. Um, uh, now, as Trump and the Republicans, fuck them. My question is, it seems I heard Lady G, Lindsey Graham, somehow got out of honoring the subpoena. In Georgia, how the fuck did that happen? What can we expect now from this spineless piece of shit? Will he be forced to talk? I really enjoyed your show the other day with Peter Quarry. I love the info and your conversation with him. Thanks as always, Gordy. Then he says, Mike, a late P.S. Can't the leader of the Senate start investigating to kick Lady G out of the Senate for encouraging riots in the streets if his orange piece of shit Trump gets indicted? When are the Democrats going to start being stronger with not putting up with dicks like this? (laughs) Gordy. Well, I think they're already getting stronger. They're feeling stronger. Everything is looking better for the midterms. And I think in terms of them getting strong and doing some things, I think it will be after the midterms. If they can expand the majorities in the House and the Senate, they'll be able to do pretty much fucking anything. So... They're going to play it cool uh, to a certain extent, not ruffle too many feathers other than exposing the uh, treasonists and the criminals uh, till after the midterms. But after the midterms, it could be a free-for-all. I mean, Joe Biden at that point has got to decide whether he's going to run again in 2024. Um, And of course, if, if the Democrats get the, A bigger majority in the Senate and the House, like I say, they'll be able to do virtually anything. Now, regarding Lindsey Graham, Lady G. Yeah, he got the opportunity to delay the testimony in front of Fonnie Willis and the uh, grand jury in Fulton County, Georgia. But he he didn't get out of it. He'll delay it a little bit, but he's going to have to testify. Now, how he testifies is going to be interesting. We know that uh, Rudy Giuliani testified, and just prior to testifying, they said he was a target. The reason they tell you just before you testify, because that might have some bearing on how you decide to answer. You might plead the fifth, or maybe you think it better not to plead the fifth. I mean, if he thinks he has an explanation as to why he did what he did, and he thinks he can get out of it, He may want to do that. But if he's a target, and that's something that could come with Lady G, given that he made two calls to Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State with the state of Georgia, he may want to try to explain that out and try to avoid an indictment. But we'll see. Uh, If you think that uh, Lindsey Graham beat it and isn't going to have to testify that's not true he will have to testify there's no fucking question about that and he's in some deep trouble as far as the senate being able to kick him out again i don't see anybody doing anything dramatic till after the midterms can he be kicked out yeah anybody in the senate or the house can be expelled but they have to be pretty egregious reasons I think the first expulsions you're going to see are those people that maybe participated in the insurrection. Now, Lindsay could have been one of those folks. Who knows? Who knows what's going to come up in the January 6 hearings? Here's what we know about the January 6 hearings coming up in September, like starting tomorrow. I don't know when the hearings are, but tomorrow is September. They're going to look at who financed this whole thing. How did that come about? We know that Jenny Thomas was involved in financing it because we saw a text that said, hey, send me a Venmo and I'll get you monies for the buses coming up. So we know that happened. I'd be surprised if Lindsey Graham was involved in the financing of it. Actually, I'd be surprised if he put him in a self in a situation where he could be tied to the insurrection. He supported it. He helped incite the crowd, but I don't know that he was involved in it. Uh, lindsay Lindsey's got big enough problems in Georgia. I don't know if he can get out from underneath that. So whatever it takes to get um, Lindsey out, once he gets indicted, he'll probably be booted out of the Senate. All right. Next one up comes from Eddie. He says, hey, Mike, while listening to today's podcast where you were discussing the the logistics of putting Trump in jail, it occurred to me how to achieve that. Why not put him in the lone jail cell that is in the basement of the Capitol? There would be no need for Secret Service agents as the building is already protected. Eddie, well, he'd still need the Secret Service agents. And I know what you're talking about, Eddie. In the basement of the Capitol, there is a jail cell that hasn't been used for 100 plus years. Uh, But we've talked about that, you know, those people not complying with subpoenas, sending the sergeant of arms out, taking them and putting them in the jail cell in the basement of the Capitol. That is perfectly legal and feasible, not likely to be done, because as I say, it hasn't been done for 100 years. Um, That's a good point, you could put Donald Trump in there, but you have to understand that isn't An official place where the DOJ would put a prisoner. That is for Congress. Now Congress can send the Sergeant of Arms out, arrest whoever, and then put him in that cell. I don't know that the DOJ has any authority to do that. It's a good fix. It's not a bad idea. I just don't know if it's possible. But who knows? I just I don't think they're going to put Donald Trump in jail for the logistic reasons as you mentioned. I think they're going to put him on house arrest, the unfortunate thing for Donald Trump. He'll be a lot broker, a lot less powerful, and a lot, of his, uh, a lot of his properties are going to be taken away. So the house arrest he's in might be a little smaller house than he's fucking used to, because that's all he'll be able to afford. All right, the last email. Hi, Mike. Rebecca here. Just a quick note to let you know how much I'm enjoying the podcast and TikToks. Peter was great. And I always enjoy Ed and the listener guest. Thank you for all your hard work. Much appreciated. Take care. Carry on. Again, Rebecca. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm rather surprised that as many people liked Peter. It's not that Peter's not a likable guy. He's a very likable guy. Very knowledgeable guy. He has some great insights. But it was such a, so off base for having somebody like that on the Rational Boomer podcast. I'll be honest with you, when I first went on with him, I go, God, I don't want to fucking do this. And I said, but I said I'd do it, so I'm going to do it, and if it takes a shit, I just won't run the show. But the moment I started talking to them, he immediately engaged me. I was interested, and I thought, well, let's just have the conversation, see where it goes. And I have to say, I like the guy. I like the guy. I would have him on the show again, and uh, I think he had a lot of good information and some insights. I think he and I were on the same page in certain areas, even though I'm not a psychologist. Uh, I do use psychology on myself a lot, so I kind of relate to that. But anyway, I appreciate the fact that you enjoyed Peter, and I'm glad you love Ed, too. When I first brought Ed on, I'm not sure how people were going to respond to that either because all of a sudden it's another person on the show. And uh, Ed is somebody I've known for years and years and years. I have a lot of respect for his ability on the radio. If I didn't, he wouldn't be on the show. Um, I like Ed. He and I have been friends a long time, and I think he does add a different perspective from a... You know he's ten years older than I am. He lives in a different part of the country. He has a lot of experiences I don't have. In the '60s, he was he'd come of age. In the '60s, I was in the single digits. So I just knew what I saw. <clears throat> but yeah, I I love it when ads on. It makes the show so much easier to do, and uh, he has a lot of good insights. And you'll continue to hear more out of him as time goes on. I suspect I'll be talking to him. In the next couple of days, so it'll be back on the show sometime soon. Now, as we were talking about at the beginning of the show here, um, we know that Donald Trump's lawyers who have their own problems when it comes to these document cases, they may need lawyers themselves, um, they requested a special master for these documents which is kind of crazy to ask. It's nothing more than a delay tactic. Um, But the weird thing is the judge, who happened to be a Trump appointee and kind of a weirdo in their own right, said, yeah, I might consider a special master. Well, of course the DOJ doesn't want that because that just adds yet another delay to the process. It's not a fix. What they're looking for is... um, attorney-client privilege stuff that shouldn't have been taken, or what Donald Trump calls executive privilege, which in their minds shouldn't have been taken. So they were waiting for the DOJ to respond to this, to the lawyer, so then the, or to the judge, and then the judge can decide what they want to do. Well, the judge has been getting a lot of kickback, a lot of heat, now she was appointed by Donald Trump so god knows where her fucking head is but she's been getting a lot of heat and now the DOJ just late last night submitted a 36-page response to her talking about the idea of a special uh, master and uh from what it sounds like they 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 did a great job explaining it and it's going to be tough for her to appoint this special master Prosecutors obtained a search warrant for former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate after receiving evidence that there was likely an effort to conceal classified documents there, in defiance of a grand jury subpoena. A new Justice Department court filing released just last night. The 36-page filing was the department's most detailed account yet of its evidence of obstruction of justice, raising concerns that Trump and his attorneys sought to mislead investigators about the sincerity and thoroughness of their effort to identify and return highly sensitive records to the government. See what happened here. Is They're trying to sell this to the judge and say, what you're saying is a bunch of bullshit, um, and here's why. So they released some more evidence. You know, the evidence that we got in the first affidavit after it being redacted, there was a lot we didn't know. So they got some special approval from a judge to give a little more evidence to this judge something they shouldn't have necessarily given out under normal circumstances because everything that comes out of a grand jury is secret. But there were a couple of things that the Trump lawyers brought up, so they felt like it was okay to mention that, so they took it to a judge. And the judge said, yeah, cool, go ahead and do that, which doesn't spell many positive things for Donald Trump and his legal team, and I use that term loosely. The government also developed evidence that government records were likely concealed and removed from the storage room and that efforts were likely taken to obstruct the government's investigation, Justice Department counterintelligence chief Jay Bratt wrote. That the FBI, in a matter of hours, recovered twice as many documents with classification markings as the diligent search that the former president's counsel and other representatives had weeks to perform, calls into serious question the representations made in the June 3rd certification and casts doubt on the extent of cooperation in this matter, he added. The much-anticipated court filing includes a photo, you have to see this photo, of some of the apparent classified files recovered from mar-a-lago the submission to a federal judge in florida opposes trump's request for an independent third party to review the records the fbi sees during their august 8th raid on the former president's compound if you see this picture it's a bunch of top secret documents with with covers on them marked top secret just laying out on the floor see that's the thing Donald Trump had these things. And if you were to suggest, well, Donald Trump just accidentally took the boxes and he knew didn't know what was going on there. Well, there's a few things to consider. First, we know we have witnesses that say he went through it. He looked at them. We also know that he wrote notes on many of them. So clearly he's gone through these things. And then when they do find these documents, They aren't all just in a basement locked behind a padlock because they thought that was the safest way to do it. They found them in Donald Trump's office. They found them in Donald Trump's desk. So to suggest that Donald Trump didn't have them, didn't look at them, didn't know what they were about is absolutely fucking absurd. Of course he did. I mean, the only reason he would have them is for nefarious reasons. That's the question everybody asks. Donald. Why did you have these top secrets and top secret SC documents? Documents you couldn't legally possess. Why did you have them? It wasn't just an accident. It was a legitimate intention for you to take these out. So what is the fucking reason? Funny, with all the talking that we hear from Donald Trump's lawyers and Donald Trump himself, not once Not once has he answered that question, because he doesn't have an answer. We know there's a lot of fishy shit going on regarding these documents. We talked about it in the previous podcast, how that Donald Trump had a special interest in the spies, the uh, foreign assets that America had, the United States. He even at one point, while he was president, asked for a list of all the foreign assets. That's weird. But he's the president, so I'm sure they gave them to him. But in these documents, and in fact in the affidavit where the redactions are, a lot of these people were said foreign assets. Now this is particularly dangerous because these are spies of ours that are in foreign countries like Russia, Saudi Arabia, North Korea, wherever. And they're not known to be spies. They're feeding us valuable and important information about what's going on in these countries. And should the leaders of said countries find this out, of course, what's going to happen is they're going to kill them. They're not going to put them on trial. They're going to kill them and cut out the uh, spy right away. Now, that could be all speculative, you know. Well, that could happen. But did it happen? Well, it turns out we're finding out from the CIA that there's been an inordinate amount of spies being killed over the years. More than usual. That's interesting. I mean, when I first heard this story, I thought, God damn it, he's had those things for 19 months. What could you do with that shit for 19 months? And then I got a revelation. Then I got an epiphany because I started hearing that uh, apparently when he'd go on his trips overseas, he would take boxes of documents with him. Now, why why would you do that? I mean, these things aren't supposed to be outside of a skiff. Now they're on a fucking plane and brought over to Russia or Saudi Arabia or what have you. And then you remember that Donald Trump had all these private meetings with um, Putin, like in Helsinki, we know that he went to Saudi Arabia, we know that he went to North Korea. It's all kind of weird. And then we go back to knowing that there are a number of spies that are ending up dead. As much as he may be giving out nuclear weapon, top secret nuclear weapon information, you got to look at the prospect that he might be giving up a lot of these spies This is information that Russia and Saudi Arabia and North Korea and all these people would really want. These people are working against their country and causing a problem for those countries. So by cutting them out, they do two things. They get rid of the bad blood in their respective countries. But they're also cutting America out of a lot of valuable information that we use to try to keep everything fucking normal. So what Donald Trump did is he got people killed, and he hamstrung anything the United States was trying to do to try to keep some balance in the world. So what Donald Trump did is absolutely treasonous. He's, he's a, a, a accessory to murder after the fact, and he's also putting this country in an unstable situation. And that's the president of the United States. So the 19 months he had this stuff after he was out of office ain't shit. He's had access to this stuff for six years. And you can bet that Donald Trump did some things with it over those six years. That's a long time to have top secret information. We know he chose Vladimir Putin over his own Department of Justice. So if he's that accommodating to Vladimir Putin and some of these other people, it's pretty clear he probably gave up some information. The fact is he probably had to give up some information because we know that he's obliged to Russia. We thought I'm sure he thought he could get something out of North Korea. Saudi Arabia seems to be his new sugar daddy. We know they wanted um, nuclear weapons. Donald Trump wanted to sell him, them nuclear weapons. Congress for- fortunately stopped it, but that apparently didn't stop Donald Trump because my guess is that he would have provided some of these documents to Saudi Arabia, which might be an explanation as to why Jared Kushner got $2 billion and Paul Manafort got a billion. Now, they couldn't give it directly to Donald Trump because that would look bad. So I'm guessing that $3 billion they give up to Kushner and Manafort. I'm sure Donald got a taste out of that. And Donald Trump, for whatever reason, had the audacity to say, Oh, you caught me. I've got some documents. Here you go. That's all of them. And then when asked about more, he lied. Not only did he lie, but his, his lawyers lied. And this is going to be a problem for his lawyers. Now, these aren't the finest lawyers in the land. Donald Trump doesn't have the ability to hire the finest lawyers in the land, in spite of being a former president, mainly because he doesn't pay them, and secondly, because he doesn't listen to them. Donald Trump thinks he's going to spew whatever he thinks is right and then force those lawyers to pass it along. Now, most lawyers in that situation wouldn't do that. That's a horrible client to have, but... You know, Donald Trump seems to be a little different entity out there. And uh, he they, of course, just did whatever he wanted to do. The unfortunate thing for these lawyers who haven't realized that they should have gotten away from him. Now, these people are going to be under the microscope and they could be in trouble. They could lose their license. They could go to jail. I mean, the two lawyers that wrote document and signed the document that said there's no more top-secret documents here was an out-and-out lie to the Department of Justice. You go to jail for that. Now, there's two possibilities here. They just lied, and in that case, they'll go to jail. Or Donald Trump lied to them, and he ju- they just passed along what Donald Trump did. They might be able to get away from going to jail, but now in order to avoid jail, you got to throw Donald Trump under the bus. So these lawyers are in a fucked position. They act like they're really smart, but they're not. They have put themselves in a bad position, and they're in some fucking deep trouble at this point. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. Now, will this judge insist on a uh, special master? like a third party. Well, here's a couple of the problems there. By doing that, they're suggesting we don't trust the Department of Justice. And that's a bad precedence to 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 throw out there. I mean, I'll grant you, we thought the same thing with William Barr and the DOJ then, and we had good reason to do it. But Merrick Garland has been above board. He turns in this document and basically says, well, you can do that, that special master, but we've already gone through the entire process. We've done the filtering with our own team, so it's already been taken care of. But more importantly, if you're going to bring a judge or somebody in, a special master to go through this stuff, this special master better be fucking top secret cleared. I mean, these are all top secret documents. You can't just any clown, regardless of if they're a fucking judge, just go through this shit. It's got to be somebody who's cleared at the highest level. Now, how many judges do you have that are cleared at that level? Probably none. So what's the next step? Then you've got to get a judge to be cleared. Well, that could take months and months and months. And the fact of the matter is, is that they've already done it. This judge is getting a lot of heat about this. Well, maybe I'll go with a special master. This person, in spite of the fact they're a, they're a Trump ass kicker and an ass kisser and appointee, uh, they're going to see very quickly, you don't want to die on this hill because you will die on this hill. And you've got this special uh, job that goes on forever. You maybe don't want to fuck with this. I have a feeling they'll say, yeah, we aren't going to get a special master. And then Donald Trump will lose his shit. Not that Donald Trump's not already losing his shit. And, you know, that's what we're going to talk about next, right after we take this break. We'll be right back. Well, it's pretty clear that Donald Trump is a raging narcissist. There's no question about that. And as I've told you before, I've had some experience with narcissists. So there's a natural process that all narcissists go through, and it never ends well for the narcissist. The first part is where they're the bully, they're arrogant, and they end up being successful to a certain extent, because people buy into the bullshit. They have some success, and then they believe in them because they created some money or had some success in one way or another, and these people support him, and that goes along pretty well. But let me tell you something about narcissists. Narcissists never have close friends. And generally their family knows the truth about a narcissist. Because you see, a narcissist from a distance looks good, looks strong, looks successful, looks powerful. But when you get real close to them and you can see the fissures and the cracks in their personalities, you realize these are really weak motherfuckers just using this strategy to cover up their weakness. So family members... Uh, close friends all recognize this very quickly, and this is why you get families that aren't happy about the narcissist, don't support him, and this is why they never have close friends, at least not close friends for very long. They might be a close friend for a period of time, but then they go away. The next step for mar- narcissists, because people start realizing the bullshit here. Um, they start running into a little bit more trouble. It's not as easy for them anymore. They can't just blow by everybody and bullshit everybody. People are starting to see what's true, and some people are calling them out. So the next step, the narcissist ends up in kind of a spiral. They're still maintaining what they've got going, but uh, it's becoming under question. And this is causing them to have to juggle all the good people and all the people that are now questioning them. And for a time, they can keep it going. But there always comes that point when there's too much to juggle. They physically and emotionally can't continue to juggle. The worst thing that can happen to a narcissist if somebody talks badly about them. They always lash out and do something worse because they can't imagine anybody speaking badly about the most perfect person in the world, which happens to be them. I mean, that's their game. They know they're weak. They know they're not very bright, but they have this cover. And when people start to recognize that this cover is simply a cover, that's where the problems come. So, they're in a spiral, and Donald Trump's been in a spiral for a long time. But then, inevitably, always, there is the crash. Because there comes a point where they can't juggle anymore. Every possible way they know how to get out of trouble has been taken away from them. The man behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz, if you will, has been finally exposed. And more people know that this guy is a fraud than people who think he's still a hero. And that's what's been happening with Donald Trump. He, of course, has his base that thinks he's Jesus incarnate. But the vast majority of the people don't know that. Now, no, Repu- not all Republicans thought he was the greatest guy in the world. They just said, well, he's a Republican, so I'm going to side with him. There's a smaller percentage of people that will believe him no matter what. They'll double down. They'll do anything. But there's a problem now. With the revelation of him having these top secret documents and maybe doing treasonous things, it's becoming much harder for Republicans to back that. They know this is not going to go well for Donald Trump, so politicians do what politicians do. They ride this horse for as long as they can. And when shit goes south, they usually back off. And we're seeing a lot more Republicans backing off. Unfortunate thing for those Republicans is too fucking late. They should have backed off two years ago when shit started to happen. But they saw Donald Trump as a cash cow and somebody that would get them votes, so they rode it. They didn't care if he was wrong. They didn't care if he was a bad guy. All they saw is, I'm getting votes and I'm getting money, so I'll ride this horse as long as I can go. The unfortunate thing is, they rode too long, so now when this all goes in the shitter for Donald Trump... These people will have the stink and the shame on their bodies for the rest of eternity. This will affect their personal lives. This will affect their business, their idea of being in politics. It's not going to go well for them. And I think they're finally starting to realize that. And we can see where Donald Trump is and how, how it's impacting him. We can see him approaching his final crash. Now, former President Donald Trump reiterated uh, his demand for a new election in a bizarre post published in the wee hours of the morning on his social network site, Truth Social. (laughs) He's always said, I want a new election, but now he's flailing. You can tell he's in trouble because he's just throwing out crazy shit. And he's saying there should be a whole new election or just make me president. What was going on? It was election fraud and all this stuff. Even though we know that's not true. There's never been any evidence. He's never been able to prove anything. Now he's just flailing because he's in a corner. He's a narcissist and he has no way out. Nobody's there to bail him out and none of his tricks are working anymore. The presidential election was badly and irreparably tainted by the FBI's fake description of the laptop from hell to Facebook and the lamestream media. And for many other reasons as well, Trump posted at one forty-six a.m. on Tuesday morning. That fucking sentence doesn't even make sense. He's trying to grab at anything, throw it out there, and see if anything sticks. Well, unfortunately for Donald Trump... None of that's going to stick. Who gives a fuck about Hunter Biden and the laptop from hell? We haven't seen anything from it. There's been no indictments, nothing. And as far as the election, well, he had 60 chances with judges to prove it was fake. And he failed every fucking time. So that's not working. He goes on to say, declare the rightful winner or hold a new election. That's what he said. Now our country, which is failing badly, knows the score and will never accept criminal election infer- interference. The FBI just fired its special agent in charge of this outrageous and very illegal assault on the Constitution of the United States of America, he added. Trump had previously called his for his reinstatement as president on Monday. So now it comes out conclusively that the FBI buried the Hunter Biden laptop story before the election, knowing that if they didn't, Trump would have easily won the 2020. presidential election this is massive fraud and election interference at a level never seen before in our country remedy declare the rightful winner or this would be the uh, the minimal solution declare the 2020 election irreparably compromised and have a new election immediately he posted on true social now see donald trump is so motherfucking dumb he doesn't even realize that that's not even possible It's not even possible. And he doesn't even understand why he lost the election. There are any number of reasons why he lost the election. But the biggest one is that he fucked up on COVID. He did nothing about COVID. He said it was a hoax. He said it would just go away. It was not a big deal. But in the end, it killed 90 or killed a million people. And we had to shut down the country, and it was horrific. Now, had he done something like any other president would in that situation, we wouldn't have gone through all of that. He was perceived as handling that badly. And I'm willing to bet, had there not been a pandemic, Or had he handled the pandemic properly, he might well have won the 2020 election. had nothing to do with election fraud. It had to do with exactly what I've said about Donald Trump for years. Let that motherfucker talk. Let him do things, because he will always fuck it up for himself. Another example of that is these top-secret documents. His place gets raided. It probably would have flew under the radar, at least for a while. But, of course, Donald Trump has to step up and says, they're raiding my house because of this, because of that. So he lets everybody know if he could just learn to shut his mouth a little bit, he would have had a more successful presidential run and he would have had a better chance of winning in 2020. Now, he's also now currently screwing it up for the Republicans. Because the Republicans want to make it about all kinds of different things. But, of course, Donald Trump won't shut up and won't stop getting in trouble. So now the 2022 election is a referendum on Donald Trump. Well, the 2020 election on Donald Trump was a referendum on Donald Trump, and he lost by 7 million votes. So this is not a wise idea. Donald Trump is not only fucking himself over, but he's fucking over the Republicans. The laptop from hell refers to, of course, the laptop belonging to Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, that revealed his controversial business dealings with China and Ukraine. The contents of the laptop were first reported by the New York Post ahead of the 2020 election. Amid fears the story was Russian misinformation, social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter cracked down on sharing the story. And that's feasible. We know that Russia meddled in the 2020 election as well as the 2016 election in any number of ways. Now that said, everything I've read would suggest Hunter Biden is a stupid piece of shit, a crackhead at the time. I don't know where he's at now, but still, Hunter Biden is not an elected official. He was not president of the United States. I mean, let's be perfectly honest, if Donald Trump is suggesting that, that uh, um, Hunter Biden's information, if it came out before the 2020 election, might have changed the outcome of the election. Okay, well, what if we brought out that, uh, that lawsuit against Donald Trump where he was a, a, a co-defendant with Jeffrey Epstein? And the lawsuit was about him raping a 13-year-old girl. I got to be honest with you. I don't give a fuck about Hunter Biden's uh, laptop, but I do care about the prospect of raping underage girls. But, of course, that was buried by Donald Trump. It was out there, then it was gone, then it was out there again. We know Donald Trump's propensity for tampering with witnesses, and when I say tampering, I mean making threats of their lives. You know something like that had to be going on in 2016 when this lawsuit first came about. Why would she disappear all of a sudden? And then she crops back up, and then she goes away. Donald Trump is known for For tampering with witnesses, and no doubt that's what happened in that situation. And frankly, if you want to talk about scandals that would have come out before the, the, the election in 2020, I'd be happy to put Hunter Biden's laptop up against raping an underage girl any fucking day. Facebook co-founder Mark Zuckerberg told podcaster Joe Rogan last week that the FBI alerted Facebook in 2020 to be on the lookout for Russian misinformation ahead of the election, shortly before the New York Post published its story about Hunter Biden. The FBI said alerting Facebook about the threat of Russian election meddling is standard Operation and procedure. The FBI retunely, retunely, <laughs> routinely notifies U.S. private sector entities, including social media providers, of potential threat information so that they can decide how to better defend against threats, said the agency in a Friday statement. Here's what you got to remember that FBI and that DOJ that informed Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, that was prior to 2020's election. So that means that was Donald Trump's FBI, Donald Trump's DOJ. Facebook also pointed out in a statement that it's not new information. As we've said, nothing about the Hunter Biden laptop story is new. Below is what Mark uh, told Senator Ron Johnson October 2020 and what Mark told Joe Rogan this week. The FBI shared general warnings about foreign interference. Nothing specific about Hunter Biden's uh, was tweeted. That was tweeted on Meta on Friday. Hunter Biden may be indicted. He may even go to jail. I don't fucking care. He has nothing to do with this country. But whatever is on Hunter Biden's laptop, I guarantee is not as bad as the prospect of our president stealing top secret documents and giving them to adversarial countries. I'll put that up against it any old fucking day. It's all about distraction for Donald Trump. Diversion. Oh, I did something bad, but this is worse. Yeah, that's not going to work anymore, Donnie. What you've done is the absolute worst things that anyone, including a president, could do to this country. You were behind mounting a coup against our government. And then you stole top secret documents, gave them away, and provided information for six years to adversarial countries. Countries that would pay millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars for that information. And then use it against the United States. I don't know what Hunter Biden did. Maybe he did crack. Maybe he got a special deal because his dad was vice president. Okay, that sucks, and maybe he is uh, culpable for that. But it ain't shit compared to what you've done to this country, Donald Trump, and you need to pay for that. Now, former President Donald Trump complained on his true social website that after the New York posted a harsh editorial online on Tuesday evening, Said Attorney General Merrick Garland's raid on Mar-a-Lago has ex-president Donald Trump back in the news. That's a problem for Republicans who need to move beyond him, argued the tabloid. Here's the kicker. New York Post is owned by Rupert Murdoch, who also owns Fox News. So his own people are saying, fuck it, Donnie, we're done with him. The editorial said the current dynamic should make for a Republican landslide in the 2022 midterm elections. But if the focus is on Trump instead, enraged Democrats will unite, pause their intersign warring while um, independents will abstain or vote against the GOP, the New York Post wrote. In the tabloid's view, most Republicans would rather the ex-president go away. See what I'm saying? As I've said before, people are stepping away from him. They don't want to be part of that shit show. Those GOPers know Trump's already an albatross. His stolen election derangement in the late 2020 is why Dems control the Senate now, and his endorsement in this year's primaries have helped saddle Republicans with enough weak Senate candidates this year that retaking the chamber seems increasingly out of reach. Plus, for all the tens of millions of Trumps uh, has raised since leaving the White House, he hasn't spent any of it or even helped the candidates he's endorsed. We talked about that before. He's got a war chest of $120 million. If he's a true Republican... And given that we know the Republicans are running short of money, you would think Donald Trump, as the leader of the Republican Party, would be doling out some of that money to help his people win. But again, he doesn't give a fuck about anybody but himself. He's not going to give that money away. It's not even going to go into a campaign because Donald Trump is not going to run for fucking president. It's going to go in Donald Trump's pocket. And for all those people that sent him money, if they're having trouble buying toothpaste now, which they probably don't have a need for. But if they do, they fucking deserve it. Sending this clown money over and over again is going to prove folly in the end. And they're going to be embarrassed by it. The editorial noted Democrats think they may even hold control of the House of Representatives, and I agree wholeheartedly. You can't give me one good reason why the Republicans should win the House. Since 2020, what have they done to gain votes? Nothing. Anything that's been done positive in this country by the Democrats, Republicans in mass have voted against. They aren't responsible for anything good that's happened in this country, since well fuck since donald trump took office the next 10 weeks will be decisive democrats and the media will want to keep it all about trump he's great for ratings and clicks and they don't want to review biden's horrific record anyway well see this this is typical you would expect from the new york post fact is biden's record isn't horrific The fact is, he's gotten more legislation passed in two years than any president in history. And all of it is good for people in the middle class. Republicans and their candidates need to keep focus firmly on the big picture. Namely, Biden and the Democrats are on an ongoing disaster. And Donald Trump is no help in digging America out of it. Permanently suspended from uh, Twitter, where he had 88.6 million followers, responded on true social where he has less than four million followers, Trump said the tabloid was once my favorite newspaper and suggested the editorial was a defense of Senator, um, Senate Leader Mitch McConnell. Yeah, he doesn't like Mitch McConnell anymore. He's done with Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is evil. He's a piece of shit, but he's not stupid. He knows that everything that Donald Trump has done to date has done nothing but hurt the Republicans. Donald Trump even went out and said, um, uh, he had a uh, truth, you know, a true social. He says, why are people so mean? (laughs) Donald Trump is wondering why people are so fucking mean. Who's been meaner than Donald Trump? Donald Trump took took credit for being mean, for being a tough guy. And now when he's getting it in return, he's not liking it so much. Isn't that weird? ABC News reporter John Carl wrote in his post-Donald Trump administration book that on January 20th, as Trump was flying from the White House for the final time, he spoke to the head of the Republican Party and threatened to start his own party. At the time, RNC, Ronna Romney McDaniel, she, she, she's done away with the Romney part of it, and I'm sure Mitt had something to do with it, but he's she's Mitt's niece. But Rona Romney McDaniel reportedly told Trump that if he started a third party, that the RNC would stop paying his legal bills, which were costing the party millions. Politico uh, reported Tuesday, however, that that decision has ended, according to the report Any legal fees having to do with Trump's retention of government documents is now not being paid by the RNC. So Donnie's in trouble. The RNC says, fuck it. We're not riding on that fucking wave. We're not going to get involved in your treasonous acts. And now the RNC isn't paying Donald Trump's legal fees, which is going to be a problem because I think Donnie's having a little trouble with money. The report explained that Trump hired Chris Keis, a former Florida solicitor general, to represent him in an FBI search case. It was announced on Tuesday. Thus far, Trump has suffered with legal teams that are moving quickly to appear on television, but not in filing legal defense for their client. So this Chris Keis guy is a better lawyer, but we'll see how long he will last because, as I've said, Donald Trump is a horrible client and he doesn't fucking pay his bills. Christina Bob may be under her own legal problems after signing court documents saying that Trump had already turned over the documents. That turned out to be a lie. Christina Bob, he found her on OAN. Yes, she's a lawyer, but she was a news reporter when he fucking got her. Thus far, the legal team has argued that Trump isn't bound by the laws about handling classified materials or stealing government documents. Sources close to Trump revealed that on multiple occasions he shouted, They're mine! That's false. As with past presidents, the presidential library will be able to possess papers, but not until... They go through the archiving process from the National Archives. The government agency manages the documents, even if they're in a presidential library. They explained in a press relief dispelling Trump's accusation that Barack Obama stole 30,000 documents. He did not. National Archives has them going through them, and they'll be part of the presidential library, but Obama doesn't have any documents. Politico also reported that for his legal services, Kais will be paid by Trump, who regularly stiffs lawyers and business partners when it comes time to sign off on the bill, especially after he fucking loses. And he is going to lose without question. You got to wonder why this lawyer has decided to do that. Does he need that kind of publicity? I wouldn't think so. Now, a person familiar with the matter confirmed that the Republican National Committee is not paying for Trump's legal fees related to the FBI's investigation and retrieval of the documents at Mar-a-Lago. Politico reported that's a departure of sorts from the past. The RNC has, for example, paid for Trump's legal bills involving New York Attorney General Tish General Attorney General Tish James and her investigation into the former president's private businesses the committee would stop paying trump's legal fees should he formally declare his candidacy for president in 2024 a step he has hinted at but has yet to take i don't know if he's going to commit to that i i, I don't honestly know that I, It certainly wouldn't be good for republicans and it isn't going to help him. He thinks it might save him or protect him. It won't at this point. He's too far gone at this point. Now, the past Trump has said he can't announce for president yet because he's doing doing so would start a lot of campaign finance things in motion. Yeah, you're collecting money now. You can put it in your pocket. The moment you uh, declare candidacy, now you have to account for the money. And he doesn't want to do that. In reality, what would be set in motion is that his legal fees couldn't be recovered by the RNC because he isn't the GOP nominee. Declaring also means he would no longer be able to raise money into a super PAC. He would be restricted to only raising money into a presidential campaign. So he's not going to announce. He's got all kinds of money fucking problems anyway. And, um... And that's that's fucked up. He's not going to announce candidacy. And if he does, he's screwed and he knows it. So that's that's not going to fucking happen. All right. The last story of the day. Uh, this is a little off the beaten path, but I thought it's worth noting. Mikhail Gorbachev, the last leader of the former Soviet Union from 1985 to 1991, has died at the age of 91. Gorbachev died after a long illness, Russian state news agencies reported. Mikhail Gorbachev died this evening after a severe and prolonged illness, the Central Clinical Hospital said, according to ria novosti tuesday the man credited with introducing key political and economic reforms to the ussr helping to end the cold war had been in failing health for some time russian president vladimir putin expressed his condolences Putin's spokesman dmitry peskov told ria putin will send a message on wednesday to gorbachev's family and friends Other world leaders also paid tribute to Gorbachev on Tuesday with U.S. President Joe Biden calling him a man of remarkable vision. As leader of the USSR, he worked with President Reagan to reduce our two countries' nuclear arsenals to the relief of people worldwide praying for an end to the nuclear arms race, Biden said, adding that Gorbachev's reforms led to a safer world and greater freedom for millions. When I think about Mikhail Gorbachev, I, I, I it reminds me, he came to Minnesota one time, and it was a big deal here in Minnesota. Not sure why he came, but he came to Minnesota, and I was working as a traffic reporter. So with Gorbachev in town, there were a lot of roads that were shut down. So I kind of had to go in an overtime type of reporting about traffic. And it was kind of interesting. We would watch the TV where he'd stop at various places and stuff. But where I was doing the traffic reporting was from a Department of Transportation building right off a freeway. And uh, we saw the motorcade, the motorcade with Gorbachev coming up the freeway. And he was going to get off right at the exit that went like 20 feet from where the building was, so we all went out there and saw the Russian vehicles and saw Gorbachev go by, and it was kind of a uh, kind of a cool thing, you know. Because actually, Gorbachev at the time seemed more like a calming presence. I mean, he was still part of the USSR, but uh, um, he seemed to want to do some things to to. Uh, um, Make things better. And of course, the wall in Berlin came down at uh, Reagan's urging. He had a very outgoing, charismatic nature. He seemed likable. Gorbachev broke the mold for Soviet leaders who, until then, had mostly been remote, icy figures almost from the start of his leadership. He strove for significant reforms so the system would work more efficiently and more democratically, hence the two key phrases that he brought up, glasnos, which is openness, and perestroika, which is restructuring. I began these reforms, and my guiding stars were freedom and democracy, without bloodshed, so the people would cease to be a herd led by a shepherd. They would become citizens, Gorbachev said. Now, he'll be buried next to his wife in a cemetery in Moscow. And uh, for all intents and purposes, when it came to to Russian leaders, he was probably the best of them. Now, of course, he'd been sick for a long time and he was dying. But it's reported uh, him saying that Putin was destroying everything he did in power which is true. As much as he wasn't an icy remote figure, Putin certainly is. Putin is a war criminal. Gorbachev was not. Putin has killed many people. And, of course, the state of Russia at this point is such that uh, Mikhail Gorbachev wasn't proud of what's going on. First, they lost the USSR and it became Russia. And now we have Putin trying to bring the USSR back together, but it's not going to work. He's not even doing well in Ukraine. So we lost Mikhail Gorbachev. Uh, You know, I'm not so upset because, you know, he's a Russian leader. But of Russian leaders he was probably the best of them and he's gone now and we still have to deal with Vladimir Putin and the bullshit he's doing in Ukraine. Hopefully we can get some into that fucking tragic situation sometime soon. All right, we're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time you have to spend with us. I appreciate you taking time out of your day just to listen to me. That is amazing to me and I do appreciate it. I hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.